You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Hello, friends of God. We have an exciting podcast for you today. We're sitting here a few weeks into the new year, 2022, and we're going to talk about making some real important changes in your life like analyzing what's important, where you want to grow, where you want to go. So I am today Therapy Thursday with my good friend, Dr. Lydia. Welcome, Dr. Lydia, and thank you for joining us. Hi, Lisa. Thank you, and thank you for having me. And it's a good point, though. You know, we're already well into the 2022. Is that crazy, first of all? It is. Um, and I know that, like like many people, we set up our goals at the beginning of the year, and then we decide um, somewhere along the line, we, we forget what those resolutions were, yes. right? Um, I mean, I know sooner. what my top two are. They're the same top two I have every year. Exercise <laughs> and lose weight. Exercise and lose weight. Well, are you exercising? Um, well, we're not talking about me today, Dr. Lady. <laughs> <laughs> it's still on oh. my goal list, and I think it's important. And I, I took a few weeks off. I did take a few weeks off, but, um, but I'm starting back tomorrow morning. Let let me tell you that you're not the only one. Everybody is in the same boat, you know, and if you're not, it's because you probably set goals, um, further on than just resolutions, you know? Um, so setting goals is very important, right? Uh, and how, how, how do we set goals, but how do we set goals that are, have a biblical, you know, edge to them, a, a moral compass, the biblical right. guidance to eternal it, you know? value, right? Yes. How do we do that? How do we, how do we set that up, Lisa? I think, you know, I, I don't want to belittle the working out and being healthy because our bodies are the temple of the Holy spirit. And I think that there is real value in believers learning to be healthy and taking care of the body that God gave us to carry our spirit through this lifetime. I think for me personally, setting a goal, I'm going to, I'm going to work out every day all year long can become very quickly forgotten. But if I say, I'm going to walk every day this week, I'm going to eat an extra vegetable with every meal. And when I sit back and say, okay, now what are my goals spiritually? What are my goals what goals are going to help me at this time next year look more like Jesus, be more like Jesus, be closer to God, and what goals are going to help me bring God to other people? Then, of course, it's a whole nother list of things because being healthy, of course, is a priority in this life, but we can't focus more on this life. We should be healthy, period. But how can we focus more on this short little life than our our eternal life, right? Right. So when I sit back and I think, okay, what are my top goals spiritually this year? Definitely number one would be reading God's word and applying it to my life because there's a big gap between reading and applying. Oh, yeah. And I think it would also help a lot of daily situations. I know that even personally, when I've been in the word, I've had a you know, better reactions, better um, interpretations, better insight, and therefore better 
actions or, or reactions to whatever's going on. Right. And the word tells us in Psalm 119, 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God is telling us, listen, this word is not only something you read. It's something that gives you light and direction for your daily life. So how can we have light and direction for our daily life if we only go to church on Sundays and hear someone read it to us? It's not going to have the same effect. It would be like eating healthy food one day a week and eating fast food or not eating it at all the rest of the week. It has to be a daily thing. So setting up that goal where, you know, again, can I do it all year long? Hmm. I can, I can commit to this week. I can make small goals this week that will hopefully lead to bigger goals and habits that will lead me throughout the year. I also think that it's important to build in a little bit of grace because this week may not be like next week. You know, I mean, we, it's life, life is life. And sometimes you get bombarded with, you know, what if there's a crisis or you're moving or you're, you know, people get sick. So does that mean that if you stop being in the word one day, um, or you got had to get up extra early to take the kids somewhere or do extra things, then that doesn't mean that it's, it's over Throw in the towel. It exactly. means that tomorrow you start fresh, you get back in the word, get back in the word as soon as you can. Right. And I think part of that reading God's word is something we've spoken about in the past is journaling, get in, get a steno pad, write down today's date and write down the verses that you read. Or if you read a chapter, write it down and write down one verse. Yeah. And it gives you so much accountability because then mm -hmm. when you open it on February 19th and the last date on it is February, January 2nd, you can say, well, okay, I, I need to really ask God to help me with my prioritizing my time in his word. Like you said, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. Oh, forget it. I've already lost. No, I'm going to start back. Lord, help me to make this a priority. Call me to your word. Show me, remind me. Which I think is a great point because um, we start our day in the word, then it sets the tone for the rest of the day and, and helps us, you know, maintain that accountability. So what do you have for goal number two? Goal number two goes right along with goal number one. Once I've read the word, once I've applied the word to my life, which calls for obedience, once I've read the word, been obedient and applied it to my life, then it's a prayer life, which I don't know if that should be number one or two, but my prayer life. I don't want to have pray more. I want a prayer. I want a prayerful life. I want to have a life that I'm breathing in as I talk to God every day, everywhere I go. I want to have him constantly with me. He's already with me, but I want to acknowledge his presence by talking to him about my struggles and my fears. I think prayer can become, God, this is your to-do list for the week. And if you can get all these things done for me, that would be great. That was never meant to be what prayer is. Prayer is communion. It is sitting in the presence of a holy, perfect, beautiful God that invites us to sit with him. Like that is, I mean, if the king, the most powerful king in the world invited us to sit with us every day, we'd be running to be in his presence. Yet we have the king of all kings saying, come over here. The veil, which his body was torn from top to bottom, giving us access to him, him himself. So I, I don't want to give him my list, although I do, because he's told, he tells us, cast your burdens onto me, come to me and ask anything. 
but I really want my prayer life to be, oh Lord, I really, I really needed to be with you today. I have these things going on and I just want to talk to you, with you about them and I need you to heal me. I'm feeling insecure or I'm feeling anxiety and would you heal these parts of my heart that, that are broken? And, and, and that happens with like with any relationship. It takes time and it takes maturity. It takes spiritual maturity. So, you know, if all you can start with is uh, thank you, God, well, then, then good. That's a starting point. And then it, it may take you a little longer before you say more than just thank you, God, uh, then you can really come to him. Right. And once you build that relationship and no matter how slow or how fast it, it goes for you, the idea is to, to do it on a regular basis. So that you can, he'll meet you where you are. If you say, um, if that's all you got is thank you, God. Well, then that's all you got. Um, he's not going to punish you or he's not going to be upset. And, mm -hmm. and really it's about having that living relationship with him. Once you get on a roll, I have to tell you that it is so powerful, even psychologically powerful, because you're, you're going to the source of all creation. To, for, with with everything and once you do you can tap into that then wow you you will see things from a different perspective which in turn helps you become more insightful and softens your heart and um you talked about obedience and obedience is very important i remember that a, um, a bible study leader one time told me obedience is the measuring stick of your faith. So I thought, wow, that, that made me really think, I was like, oh, okay. So if you think about it like that, then wow. that's how you are applying the word, you know, you read it and then you, you know, you got to be obedient to it. And, and that's how you measure your faith. You know, it's funny. Um, I've heard a similar, not the same, but I've heard a similar um, quote, your love for God can only be as strong as your love for his word. And I thought, mm, that's really, think about that for a moment. I can say yeah. I love God all day long, but if mm -hmm. I don't search for him in the word, if I don't spend time with him in prayer, then really how much do I love God? Yeah. And here's another question too, is like, what do you say to the baby Christian who doesn't know, has that big Bible in front of them and says, where do I even begin? Like, how, how do you do that? How do you do that every day? And where do you start? Yes. I, you know, I have a few go-to verses that I love to share with people. One of them is Psalm 34. And that was the favorite verse of my friend Terry that passed away a few years ago. And I'm just going to read a few verses of it because if all you can do is open the Bible, Psalm 23, that's a Bible verse that we all, almost everybody knows. Open the Bible and read that. Memorize it. Read it every day and then turn the page and read another one or start in the book of John or start in the book of uh, Mark, Mark and read usually... how Jesus lived and who he touched and how he behaved and um, how he treated other people, right? Mm -hmm. But Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be on my lips. My soul makes it boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. 
I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all of my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces are never put to shame. And I'll stop there, but that's only up to verse four. So if you've never read the Bible before, that's such a beautiful Psalm. Pick it up, read it. Underline the, the verses that touch your heart. Read it again tomorrow. See if he says something new. Google outlines for Psalm 34. And just dig That's, in. That is I, a good one. If you don't know how to read through the whole book, start with one chapter of Psalm and learn about it. Like Google interesting facts on Psalm 34. Um, ask the Holy Spirit, show me something in this. And that is how we start our, you know, buy a Bible study book. Buy a study Bible where you can read the read a passage and underneath it gives you a little synopsis about that passage. But all believers have the Holy Spirit. And like I read in the beginning, Psalm 119, his word is light. He wants to show us and reveal himself. And yes, there are parts of the Bible that some of us are never going to understand. But you can turn the page and read the next chapter and see what touches you. You know, um, about 20 years ago, I had a friend who told me start with proverbs yeah and i was like okay and i did get one of those bibles with the commentary on mm -hmm. the bottom and that helped me a lot a lot because it would kind of translate what yes. what meant you know and at the end of the day there's 31 chapters so you start in chapter <laughs> proverbs one and you read one chapter a day and you just get a, that same steno pad write down the date Proverbs one, and just write one sentence. And you know what? If you've never prayed before, take that one sentence and read it back to God. Pray it. If it, I think it says uh, Proverbs one is about um, seeking godly counsel. So if you can ask God, Lord, give me somebody that can counsel me. Give me somebody that can can help me and lead me closer to you. And those are prayers I think that He always answers. He is so faithful. He really is. And that helps, you know, and one thing that I've learned too is how do you know the difference between, you know, if it is God's word or, or, or just that little voice in your head. And usually I say it's peace. When you get that peace in your heart, then you know that you're getting it from the Holy spirit. Yes. And one verse on that prayer um, scripture is Matthew 6, 6. And it says, when you pray, well, if mm -hmm. it says when, it doesn't say if, it doesn't say if you pray. It says when you pray, we're called to communion in prayer. So mm -hmm. when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father, recognizing God is not some, you know, far away being. He's your dad. He's Abba father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. So that's a promise that says, come to God and pray and he's going to reward you. What does he reward you with? Another verse says he will tell you unsearchable things you didn't know. He gives us wisdom when we pray. Well, these are two very good goals to be in the word and to pray, you know, and, or it might be to pray and then be in the word. So it doesn't matter which came first, the chicken or the egg, as long as they're working together. Yes. And I think it's a very, it's really good because you're going to find a lot of encouragement, a lot of positive affirmations, a lot of um, not worldly counsel, but godly counsel in the word. 
and he'll speak to you. He'll speak to your heart. You'll know when it's the right, right word for you. When it's the right scripture for you, you'll know when it hits a nerve. Definitely. What's our third goal, Lisa? Okay. So because I think that repentance is a, well, I think, no, the Bible says that repentance is a gift. That's a gift that God gives us. We don't have the ability to see our sin and, and to uh, repent. God reveals our sin and then leads us to repentance. So my number three is self-reflection. Take a little bit of time every day and examine my thoughts. Like, was I anxious today? Why was I anxious? Was I mean? Was I rude? Was I short with those around me? Um, was I prayerful? Was I bossy? Not that I ever am. Don't ask my kids. I tell them I'm not bossy. I just know better. But, you know, that time of reflection, usually in evening prayer where I ask, you know, how was my day today? And how was my week? How am I doing? What areas of my life do I need to talk to God about? You know, if yeah. I'm struggling with not sleeping at night, I can pray, Lord, help me sleep. But how much better is it when I pray, Lord, show me. Why am I so anxious? Reveal it to me so that I, I can talk to my dad about it. I'm worried about this with my kids or I'm worried about my husband's work or, you know, my grandfather or my sister or my friends. Then I can, then I can bring that burden to the Lord and leave it in his capable hands. But without that self-examination, without me being honest with myself and saying, oh my gosh, I blew it so bad today. I, I answered this very passive aggressive comment or I, you know, I was quick with my kids or I had a sharp tongue with my husband without that I don't think you can grow I think you need to be honest with yourself and take a good hard look in the mirror not to condemn but to grow mm -hmm. to acknowledge this is an area of weakness in my life because I think at least I don't want to say everyone but I find that I have these repetitive habits that aren't healthy so when I look back on a daily basis and I keep it small and I can see, mm, I was a little sarcastic today with him. And then tomorrow I go, oh, I shouldn't have answered him like that. That was a little rude. By the end of the week, I'm going, wow, I have a habit of being very nasty to this person. And then I can confess it to them, to my husband, to whoever, I, to God. I think it's important to go back and say, you know, I think I was really short with you this week and I want to apologize. And I don't know why I did that, but I'm going to make an effort this week to pray about it and try not to repeat those things. But I'm letting you know because I want you to hold me accountable. Mm -hmm. Like, think about somebody you love coming and telling you that. It brings a lot. It brings a lot of bonding and unity together when you can acknowledge I've blown it, and mm -hmm. I want to do better. Yeah, and that is really nice. I think it sometimes it takes uh, a lot of humbleness. You know, it takes a, a lot of courage to come to that conclusion. Uh, but you can't come to that conclusion until. You have gone to his word. Right. Sometimes he, God is so gentle and through his word, he will guide us to that point where he's like, Hey, you know, and he's, he'll sort of nudge us and say, this is what, what I'm seeing. And, um, what do you think about it? And that is really hard. That repentance part, you yeah. know, and even trying to make amends, trying to reach out to someone and say, Oh, I'm really sorry because I know I was wrong. Um, well, that's really tough. I it's think that it tough, takes, but it's, it gives almost always 
it relieves that burden. Like you mm -hmm. think it's tough, but is it tougher to ask for forgiveness or is it tougher to walk around with regret pretending like you didn't do anything wrong? That is really an interesting question, Lisa, but do you know how many people would pick B? Really? Would Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I think I did a long time too. And I'm sure I still do. I'm not saying I've attained, but I'm saying when you learn that, you know, like sometimes as a mom, if my kids did something wrong, I would tell them like, you shouldn't have done that. And they'd be like, they justify it or defend themselves. And all I wanted from them was, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to do that again, but I would continue because I wanted them to see it was wrong. Now that they're adults, I know God has to show them when they're wrong, not me. But I've learned myself, like if somebody comes to me and says, I think the other day you said something that wasn't, if I can just, before I would be very defensive because I thought you were telling me I was bad, you know, mm -hmm. when I sit back and say, have I ever done that? Do I, and if I can't see it, I'll say, can you give me a few days? I'm going to pray about it. I'll get back to you or say, wow. Like sometimes I know, I know I did it. So when they come to me, I can say, I absolutely did. And I'm so sorry. I regret it. And I'm going to try. I never say I'll never do it again because you can never say never. Right. But it's yeah. something that I make an, an intentional effort not to do. And I think that that brings like if we are continuing, first of all, it encourages people to come to us again when we do things. Because if I'm defensive and rude to you, you're not going to come to me next time. Right. But if I'm, True. if I receive it and I'm like, I acknowledge that that wasn't intentional or maybe it was intentional because I was upset about this or this. Then the next time they're going to feel like I can approach her, which means I'm participating in the sanctification process of God because I'm actually open to listening to where my sins are hidden. And that's how he changes us. That's true. Definitely. But again, I, th I, I just keep going back to maturity. I think it has to do with spiritual maturity. And I think it also has to do with um, not just spiritual maturity, but um, a consequence of, of our actions. Mm -hmm. You know, if we are going to take accountability for what we do, then um, the, the, the consequence of our action is going to be, is going to come back to us like, oh, okay. Um, I feel sorry for what I said. I'm going to apologize for it, but, and you need to have God be part of that process to humble you so that you can recognize that you were wrong, but it does take a lot of people. It does take a lot for people to do that. Not everybody is so willing to take responsibility. You know, they would much rather hold on to that burden and it's not that they're holding on to the burden, Lisa. It's that I just don't think that people want to. It's like you, if you let the go of what you call it as a burden, I think that people feel like they're going to lose power in the relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, when really it's counterintuitive. Yeah. If you let it go, then not only do you not lose power, it's not that you gain power either, but it has nothing to do with power that it's really more about allowing the relationship to grow. And that's a tough one. Yeah. It is completely opposite of what the world says. It's a and tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah, that's a hard one. But I do, the, I do believe that God is our helper. And it's yeah. all of these goals are about little steps. It's about, yes, they are. you know, progressing instead of perfection. Yeah, evolving. Right. That's right. That's right.
Okay, well, we've gone over a few today, and we will be back next week to for the rest of our list, so I hope that you will join us. Um, Dr. Lydia, can you just speak for a minute? As a professional mental health counselor, how do we produce habits in our life? Let's start with the neural pathways, okay? Let's start with our brain, okay? The physical part. Our brain, think of like the branches of a tree, right? And think about if you were to feed that tree, you know, give it water and the nutrients that it needs, it's going to grow and grow and grow and grow. And our neural pathways, they are just like the little branches and they continue to grow and grow and grow. So say you have a tree and you, you want it to be as healthy as possible. What do we do? We prune it, we cut it. Right. Right. And so that it'll have a, a stronger root system, a stronger, better fruits will come if you prune it. Okay. Like. We have lychee trees and we cut our lychee trees so that the next year you'll have a many more lychees that come out of it. And the only way that you get more fruit from the tree is that if you make sure that you trim it just right, you can't trim too much. You have to trim like 30%, right? Because, you know, like say one out of every three branches you try to trim because you want to make sure it gets enough sun. You want to make sure that you leave enough for the, for it to flourish. Our thought processes are kind of like like branches of a tree. When you think something, whether it's an independent, crazy mm -hmm. thought or, or whether it's something that's productive and great, it's like a, a little shoot coming out, like a little branch. And if you continue to think in that direction, it's, it's going to get it stronger, that branch, and it's going to get stronger. So if, if the fruits that are going to come from the actions that are going to come from those thoughts are not good, you're going to want to prune it, right? So that you can have better habits, you can have better thought. Hopefully the analogy of the tree makes you think about the habits and how we develop our thinking. So when you do have like fruits that are, are, are good from our thoughts, then those are our actions and the behaviors. And, and it's like a, a, a good vicious cycle. Yeah. It feeds back into the tree. Feeds, yeah. Think of like that fruit dropping back and feeding that tree back. Right. Okay, so more, it's like all the more good habits that we produce, the more discipline that we become with disciplines of God. Right. The more fruit we produce in our lives. And that draws us back to the beginning where we want to see growth. We want to see healthy fruit, healthy relationships. And so that should draw us back to going back to the basics, which is the word of God mm -hmm. and spending time with him in prayer and self-analysis. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Lydia. I can't wait for next week. Would you uh, close us out in prayer? Yes. Yeah, I, I will. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for this ability to talk through technology I pray that those who are listening would be like those trees who are growing and in, in good fruits. I pray that you would multiply the fruits of the spirit to each one that's listening. I pray that you would open up their mind, that they would be obedient to you, Lord, and that, that the Holy Spirit would speak to them. You would soften their hearts so that they would be able to listen to what it is that you're saying to them in daily prayer and through your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And friends of God, we will see you again next week. If you've liked this or enjoyed it, share it with a friend. And we ask you to subscribe, hit the little check button at the top of your podcast. So you'll get notifications when we meet again next week for Therapy Thursday. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?